Hello and welcome to Intellectual Property Magazine's podcast. I'm Ben Wadecki and this is episode 5, Setting Sail for Autonomous Ships. So joining us on the pod today is Catherine Heath from Stephen Scone. Catherine is a senior associate in the firm's IP and IT team, and she advises clients on IP protection and exploitation, IT contracts and data protection issues. Catherine, thanks for coming on the pod. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Ben. Also on the panel today is Robinson & Cole's Catherine Rattigan. Catherine is a member of the firm's business litigation group and data privacy cybersecurity team. She represents clients across various industries, including education, energy and construction. Catherine, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So today we're here for a nautical themed IP NASA looking at autonomous ships which are often overlooked but quite a fast growing industry. The autonomous ships market is estimated to be worth 135 billion by 2030 with many companies facing somewhat easier routes to market than their land and or air based rivals. Catherine as, as someone of, a, of an expert in this in this industry how far do you feel we are away from AI controlled ships or submersibles? And is there anyone you see as a kind of emerging player or emerging brand to be on the lookout for? It's very difficult when we talk about AI. I think we are quite a long way from a very true AI machine, which completely mimics, um, you know, the human brain, but we're getting pretty close. One of the things that I'm quite excited about, which is being in the Southwest um, next month, the IBM and Promare Mayflower voyage is due to depart um, from Plymouth in the UK to do the original route of the Mayflower to Massachusetts, um, recreating the journey that was done 400 years ago. They have a prototype artificial intelligence um, navigation system on board and it's going to be a crewless ship which is crossing the Atlantic. So I think that's one to really watch. There are obviously lots of other people working in the same market. Microsoft have been looking at it. We've seen a number of collaborations in this area but I think it's going to be a long time before we see a truly AI ship which um, you know doesn't have the, the backup of a remote control or crew in the background just in case something goes wrong it's definitely um, an area which is expanding and I think they were saying that 2020 was meant to be the boom year for AI and shipping it'll be interesting to see how much um, of that happens due to the the COVID pandemic, which has unfortunately put a lot of projects on hold or or delayed them. So I've actually seen recently uh, a lot of experts and research articles out there saying that maybe in the next five years, we'll see a big big burst of some of these autonomous vessels actually out and and working and conducting, um, you know, basically taking over what a lot of the manned uh, crafts are doing right now. In that five-year time frame, I mean, for me being in the legal world, I always go back to, well, will they have a set of guidelines yet for those ships within five years? And in the legal world, that seems like a pretty short amount of time. But, uh, you know, this has kind of been, even though this is new, I guess, for maybe public facing, I think that a lot of people in this space have been working on it for many years at this point. And I know recently there's um, L3 Harris Technologies. They just got a contract from the U.S. Navy for one of the first programs for an unmanned surface vehicle. And that will, you know, be part of their operation strategy. That's part of a big, uh, I think it was a, around $280 million program that 
actually just the, the initial award. So we're actually seeing when you see government entities starting to sort of be in that space, I think that and releasing information like this saying, here's what we're doing and here's who we've hired. I think you're going to possibly see some of this maybe within the five years. It's a lot easier than the, some of the autonomous vehicles that are trying to be implemented on the road. You can kind of regulate and kind of see what those the possible issues might be um, easier than cars out where, where you can't all talk to each other. I think that the ships maybe will be a little faster than vehicles on the road. So um, I'm thinking sooner than later, but but you never know. I mean, uh, it always comes down to, like I said, where we're going to have actual guidelines out there, um, you know, in the legal world, it takes a little while to get that actually moving and going. So in terms of bringing those projects to market and to and being protected, what are the major differences that an autonomous ship or submersible company would have to do in terms of protecting their rights or bringing their product to market compared to their land or air-based rivals? I think one of the main issues for for vessels is traditionally the 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 marine sector has always received less funding than the automotive industry. So that's always going to be a, a bit of a challenge. And I think also just the sheer space which these vessels have to cover. Um, generally speaking, when you're thinking about a, a road-based vehicle, you're you're talking about a driverless car for Uber, which may just be, you know, in a city, that's quite easy. You you look at what the, the rules and regulations are in that country or or in that city, whereas obviously a ship, you're going to be crossing continents, crossing seas, and you have all those different rules and regulations to, to look at, which I think adds an extra layer, which uh, makes it more complex. And certainly from the, the IP perspective, so your people listening will know that obviously IP rights are territorial, and normally you would look at the markets that you're particularly interested in. But um, if, if you've got a, a vessel which is going to be going all over the world, then really you need to look at IP protection in multiple countries, which is obviously going to add to the expense. Kind of linked to that really is obviously certain countries have tried to regulate AI itself in particular ways. A lot of countries still haven't regulated specifically for AI. And so you have a, a mismatch of legislation, um, consumer legislation, liability, and no specific rules or regulations that actually deal with what AI is. And it's the same with some of the, the, the shipping regulations. You know, They all assume that there's somebody in charge of the ship and that there is a crew on board. So I think it is more of a challenge for um, the marine sector than it is for those vehicles that are on um, land. And as I say, would normally be in a much smaller area. Okay, I sort of bring it from a different side of things. What I When I read about uh, all the new autonomous technology, the first thing I think is how are they transmitting data? And that's usually, unfortunately, not on the forefront for a lot of these companies, because obviously there's a lot of uh, red tape and just logistical issues of trying to get the AI to work with the vehicles and other ships or wherever we're, you know, in the air, all these different spaces. But when you're transmitting data, whether it's data points for GPS, um, you know, I think bad actors do a lot of data breach um, mitigation and litigation. So I think who's going to try to intercept that information and get it before it goes to where we need it to go, whether it's to a company that's receiving data on what kind of materials are on the ship. Uh, you might see some, you know, it makes it a little bit easier to potentially hijack these, um, these vessels. So if they're, if they're all being, if there's nobody on it that is actually making a radio call and they're interacting with humans, you have that 
um, it's just becomes another way for cyber criminals to hack and get data on where maybe some sensitive um, or even my example of the U.S. Navy, you know, you have something where there could be weapons um, or anything on that ship that someone can intercept that information. So I think something that companies really need to think about as they're developing this technology is the cyber concerns that are kind of increasing in this area. Not only that's the bad actor, that's my my negative, uh, <laughs> my glass half empty side. On the other side to think of is also to protect the actual IP that these um, systems have. And so you might be transmitting data about how your system works or allowing someone to get in and they see how your system works. And now not only uh, is there potential for bad actors on getting the data of where that, that vessel is going, but also losing the ability to say that you created that technology or that software system because you haven't sort of protected it and others, um, especially where this is a worldwide effort to create autonomous vessels and vehicles that others want to know what that technology is and what that software is. So if you're not thinking about protecting even just your own ideas, then, you know, once it's out there, um, it's not yours anymore and that kind of the loss, the value. So that's something to think about too, which I think, um, you know, in this particular area is really, really important protecting your IP. So putting in certain cyber uh, security measures to protect that data. So do you feel that in terms of better protecting that data, that access to data, that we should be, the international community should kind of come together and potentially put together some legislation in terms of how to protect the cybersecurity side of things, that ships have to have certain levels of, of protection? Or is that, again, does it kind of stick to the maritime kind of things with it's up to the respective jurisdiction? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's probably going to be jurisdictional, which makes it difficult, I think, when you're talking about the maritime industry, obviously, because this is an international area and you're going to be crossing jurisdictional lines. I think in the beginning, it's going to be jurisdictional and maybe where where the technology or the ship is manufactured. There could be a set of regulations I've seen with drones. We're trying in the U.S. at least, we're trying to put together some best practices, some security measures for the manufacturers of drones to protect the data, to protect actual IP the software that's in the drone. I think that you'll see that the same in the maritime industry, but eventually it probably should be uh, more of an international standard. I mean, we see this with things like GDPR, which is obviously a little more encompassing than what we had prior to GDPR being implemented. That's almost a long way down the road. Uh, There's so many other legal issues with autonomous vessels. And for now, it'll probably be each jurisdiction will come up with their own security standards and sort of the industry as a whole you know, in in the beginning before there are guidelines, we'll just do what makes sense for the industry, for the company. I just sort of, as a as a warning, as a you know, recommendation is think about what the cyber concerns are. Think about the data that if there's really something being shipped that nobody will, it's not as sensitive, we'll call it, or confidential, then maybe you don't have to worry about the cyber concerns as much and the cyber risk. But um, especially when we're using some of the, the autonomous vessels to transport, like I said, weapons is a great example. Uh, you know, We want to think about who we're allowing to access some GPS coordinates of that or the data um, the the codes that are associated with the products that are sitting on a ship. So this is just something the industry is probably going to have to deal with at first. Then I see jurisdiction by jurisdiction. And then eventually, and it's probably a long way out, we have an international standard. But for now, I think the maritime uh, as a whole needs to sort of put this on their forefront and not really wait for the 
legal world because it's very slow. The international community idea is just a wishful thinking from me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I just, I see it takes, it takes so long, even just in the U.S. with something like data breach laws. It's been 10, 15 years where they're saying, oh, we're going to have this federal standard, but instead we still have 50 different state laws on that. So I just, I don't see it uh, as coming out of the international standard. Uh, and unfortunately, it's in situations it's like this, it's where you don't get really pushed for it until something bad already happens. And then they go, oh, we should have that in place. So hopefully that's not the case, but really take some kind of incentive really other than just, hey, we need this and this is important. One of the things I, I've seen quite recently is the marine sector is certainly one of the areas that the UK government is looking to focus on and provide support for. So there's a lot of these um, marine innovations that are looking to receive funding. And as a result, they are having to to disclose their invention to their funders and obviously make sure that they do so in a way which doesn't invalidate any later patent applications. That's an interesting area that, that, that I've been seeing in my own practice. There's a lot of complexities. So obviously there's the usual IP rights. If it's got a good name, then can you get a trademark, designs, patents, all of these things to be looked at. But then AI adds the extra layer. Who who will own anything that that AI ship creates in terms of data, which is a fairly complex matter. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a challenging area. In terms of what both of you have worked across with this industry and, and ones like it, is there anything that our listeners should be preparing for, for the, when this area emerges fully? Something to think about, I guess, related to the cyber piece and just also um, being in litigation, what the potential for liability with these autonomous ships. I think insurance in this space is going to be something that will change. Ships have been insured forever. It's sort of one set. It's the same as when we have uh, companies who don't have separate cyber liability insurance when there's a data breach. And I think that autonomous shipping will sort of see a change in the landscape for the insurance industry there. So that's maybe something companies that are thinking about maybe adding an autonomous vessel to their fleet to talk to their brokers and talk about what the difference is, the insurance they have now, what they might need for that, might need for automation, uh, and also the cyber piece. Maybe they don't have cyber liability insurance and is that different with ships? And I don't even have an answer to that yet. Like, do you need something different to protect the way the data is being transmitted from your autonomous vehicle? I, you know, that that's why I would say even in the insurance space, uh, this, is, this is changing and no one knows the answers quite yet of how be dealt with, but that's something else to consider moving forward in this space as well. Like Catherine's mentioned, I think obviously cybersecurity and, and data protection is hugely important. And it's something that businesses in this area can't ignore and, and need to think about. Um, and, and I agree with Catherine, I think we are going to see jurisdiction by jurisdiction rules, and we're not going to see a, a kind of clear picture for, for some time. And I think that's very difficult when you've got businesses working internationally, trying to apply lots of different sets of rules to one business is, is going to be really tricky. One thing I would encourage people to, to look at is to look at, although not specific to, to AI powered ships, but to, to, to keep a close eye on the European Commission's um, guidelines and, and the work they're doing in relation to regulating AI in, in general, is that's likely to have an impact on, 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 on AI powered ships as well. So they've got their ethical AI guidelines. Um, that would be one to 
to, to watch to see what happens next. But again, I think that's going to be some time before we actually get a, a real regulatory framework. And then I, I think it's quite interesting because obviously both me and Catherine have got different views from uh, across the pond, so to speak. Certainly in the UK, the, our, our, the UK government has, has put together a, a maritime 2050 strategy. And part of that strategy is around autonomous vehicles um, and that they acknowledge that there needs to be the rules and regulations to support the innovation in this area. So if anyone's kind of looking at that area, I would definitely recommend that they they look at that strategy. And I think it's definitely a case of, you know, watch this space. But sadly, I, I fear that, as is often the case, the law is going to be slow to catch up. And the, the problem is, by the time these regulations get get actually written we'll be talking about a different type of ai or or completely new technology that the technology is likely to move quicker than the legislation that we're drafting which is always a challenge that's it from us today it's time to dredge up the anchor and head back out to sea be sure to check out intellectualpropertymagazine.com for all the latest ip news and developments and be sure to keep an eye out for our october issue which has an entire focus section on shipping and autonomous vehicles thank you and please stay safe 